Yeah, I people are gonna raid. Do you hate Halloween? I went to theater school. I have been to more themed costume parties than any person should humanely have to go to in their life. And I'm sick. You're of talking it. to a drag queen. Like, yeah, <laughs> this, I'm expecting empathy. Halloween is like my life 24 seven. So when Halloween comes around, I get even more excited oh because God. I'm like, oh, everything's spooky, ooky. Everything is hocus pocus. Everything's Elvira. It's Camp Central. I love it. See, that just love sounds it. stressful to me. Oh my God, no. Then how uh, is it like- what, What's your zodiac sign? I'm a Taurus. Oh, hard-headed. There you go. We're on okay. the polar opposites. Like, I'm the Scorpio and you're a Taurus. I'm so sorry. I don't think we can get you to do this episode anymore. <laughs> Welcome to Shredded, the post-breakup podcast. I am your host, Brennan D'Souza, and I am joined together by a star of digital drag, a host and producer of a million things on YouTube. And, okay, this is the thing. Every time I have, like, a drag queen on this show, I always feel like I have to introduce them like Oprah. Does that make sense? Well, uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, it is Visa Decline! It's Visa Decline! There you go. (laughs) I'm more than just digital drag. Oh, she also does I, live stuff. Yeah, I do a lot of, I've won every fucking title in this city. Tell us about yourself. Tell us who you are. Tell us what you do. Uh, well, what I do is uh, work the last nerve. That's what I do. <laughs> but other than that, uh, no, I, I've been doing drag. Actually, next month will be 14 years um, that I've been doing drag. Yes, I'm a Halloween drag queen. Um, and uh, I'm just a comedian clown who just likes to look pretty. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Great. <laughs> Who's a bitch? <laughs> um, can I ask you something first? Um, you yes. changed your name recently. Oh, we 2021, we are not dead naming. We are not bringing that up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. What, what do you want to ask? I was just, asking, I was just curious why. Um, I, I'm actually going to do like a full YouTube video explaining why, because there were... a quite a few reasons death threats for one of them um, uh but yeah there's uh there was a few there were a few reasons so i'm gonna post a youtube video soon uh i'm gonna be getting into drag and discussing the name change because uh i still have people who don't realize even though i've made statuses being like hey just so you know i've changed my name blah 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 i've rebranded there are still people who have no idea and like i was like i dropped a ton of weight during the quarantine too and i I think it was like my second show back at Woody's and one of the bartenders hadn't seen me. And they said to another queen, I don't know about this visa decline. She's just, she's just ripping off heroin's act. And I was just like, it was like, did you tell them? And they were like, yeah. And they were like, wow, she's lost a lot of weight. I did not recognize her. <laughs> That's objectively <laughs> the most tragic and hilarious thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I know. I know when I heard it, I was just like, yeesh. I mean, they are an older bartender. So maybe their eyesight is going, but I don't know. I mean, I don't know. You go to Woody's to get bullied by the bartenders. <laughs> or well. I do. I don't know. Um, all right. Uh, this is a, before we get any further, this is a very low budget podcast. Um, I can't afford a theme song. Would you like to improvise a theme song with me? Uh, sure. I mean, Jordan Armstrong put mine together, but <laughs> I, c- I can recommend if you need one desperately, but I will, I will help you the best I can. Is Jordan musically now? Is Jordan in the room with us? I can text her. <laughs> no, we're not. No budget. This is the brand. Okay, let me grab some like makeup tools and I'll try to like get a beat going with these. I'm just gonna put in an audio not found for this section because I'll be honest, this is my least favorite part of the podcast. Uh, like, do people like, I know Tom did like a beatbox kind of thing. Yeah. Is that what I'm supposed to do? No, you can like do guitar sounds. You can do whatever the hell you want. Like, it's, oh. it's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize I was going to be producing a track on this podcast. I thought I was going to talk about my emotional trauma. <laughs> All right, fine. Let's talk about your emotional trauma. You want to talk some shit? I mean, when do I not want to? Exactly. All right. Uh, 
Tell us about your relationship, how you met, how long you were together, how old you were. Uh, so I'm pretty sure I was 18 when I first met them. This was like first serious. No, was I 19? I was 19. I was going to be 19. Um, no, I'm lying about my age. Look at me. I was 18 because the, my 19th birthday comes into effect later in the story. Anyways, so I was 18. And I was working at Canada's Wonderland at the time. Oh and God. yes, I used to operate the Great Canadian Mindbuster, the Sledgehammer. It was a summer. It was yeah. a summer to forget. And I, uh, I had this friend from my hometown that... Uh, wait, wait, also- do me a favor. Do me a favor first. Can you say, um, thank you for visiting Great Canadian Mindbuster Ride On? What? Can you just do the the thank you for riding Great Canadian Mindbuster? Enjoy your day, at Canada's Wonderland. Ride on. Oh, is that they? Is that what they do now? Oh, did you not have to do that? No. Oh, it's my favorite part of Wonderland. Is like these like sun like ex- like dehydrated like teenagers having to like shuffle people on and off the rides and like the catchphrases ride on. Oh, I didn't. I never. I don't remember having to say ride on. And that's the exit person doing that like i used to do the start one so it was like please keep your hands and arms in the your hands arms and legs in the vehicle at all times no camera phones and then we used to have to stop the ride if we saw someone pull out a camera and they would like sometimes be on this incline and they were just screaming and you're like put your fucking phone away bitch like yeah i will say though i used to also have to test it in the morning um so like 8 a.m before the park opens like you have to do a few yeah like wrap rounds of it just to make sure that no mechanical issues or anything like that. And one person would have to sit in that car just to like have some body weight on it. Wait, what? One, yeah. One person on that ride on a wooden roller coaster, getting all of that beat into them yeah. is a lot. Cause That's it's the worst ride in the park for that. Exactly. So I'm like one person getting all of that. You, who needs coffee? That that wakes you up every morning. Just brutal beat down every morning. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, so I was working at Canada's Wonderland, and uh, I had this friend, and um, we we got close pretty quickly, even though we were living in different cities. But um, we we knew a lot of friends in common. He actually dated a girlfriend of mine in high school, like, uh, and I remember saying to her pretty sure he's gay and she's like no he's not and I was just like okay and then like a year later she's like yeah he was gay um <laughs> he he does need some gay friends so are you interested in like just chatting with them so then we became like friends on MSN that way kind of thing that's and, very cute yeah well wait till the rest of the story <laughs> uh so then uh we became friends and um he uh, and some other people came to meet me at Canada's Wonderland one day, and he was talking about this guy that he was really interested in that he had met uh, through like some chat because of the gays of my era we we didn't have Grinder, we had chat rooms and MSN and all that bullshit. So um, so they they come to the park and he's like, oh, let's call him Rick. Rick's sure. gonna meet. Uh, Rick's gonna meet us there And I was like Oh cool Like I'm Gonna finally meet this guy You fucking talk about so much So Rick shows up And I'm just like Oh he's like Cute Like we're all Italian So I'm like Cute little Italian boy here Hello Like Nice to meet ya And I don't really pay much attention Because my friend Is just like Head over heels for this guy Like Oh Like the Rose cord glasses For sure And um, He's like he's like flirting with Rick, but um, Rick, I, it's very clear Rick just sees him as a friend. And like I pick up on that right away. I'm just like, oh, like this guy's not interested in you the way you are, clearly. And then we're like walking through the park and like I kind of fall behind because I was texting on my phone um, when you had to like press the number a bunch of times to oh, get yeah. to the letter. The yeah. The four, yeah. Ugh, old school. So I'm back there taking my time. And then Rick kind of like falls back into the pack and he starts chatting with me and then um my go-to when talking to people is always just like make stupid jokes and then like I was making him laugh so he was like sticking around me and then uh, yeah so then I remember being on 
uh, being in line. And then instead of going with my friend in the little cart on the next ride, he decided to jump in mine. And I was just like, oh, okay. And like, I got the sense right away. I was just like, oh, I think he might have more of an interest in me than my friend. So that was a little awkward. And then that night, uh, Rick added me to MSN. And, and this is like sober. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've experienced this like drunk at a bar. I've never experienced this like... Well, because Rick just thought he was coming to meet some friends. He yeah. did not realize that my friend was like head over heels for him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Canada's so, Wonderland, the famed Maple Gay cruising spot. Uh, it, it actually you know, kind of is. You know how many gays work for Canada's Wonderland? Like, I'm surprised. Yeah, the ride Great operator com- Wonderland to gay performer in Toronto Pipeline. It's a thing. Yeah, it happens. Um, so uh, the sledgehammer. Hi. More than just more than just a ride. Uh, so uh, we. We start talking on MSN and then he stays in touch. Like he's going to school at York. I was at X university. So we're like chatting every so often. And then my friend starts asking me, they're like, Oh, Rick mentioned that, um, that you, uh, you and him are talking on, on MSN. And I was like, yeah, he like added me and like, we're just chatting, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, you know, like I'm in love with him. Right. And I was like, yeah, but nothing's happening. Like we just have some things in common and like he wants to pursue journalism. I'm going to school for journalism. I'm like, we, we have things in common, you know, we're both writers. And, um, and then my friend immediately did that. I don't know if you remember this. It was that like passive aggressive sign in, sign off. And like you change your screen name and it's like, it was the original vague booking. So he's doing that fucking shit and I'm reading it and I'm like, Oh, I and mean, I was just like, this is like bullshit. I was like, you have nothing to be worried about. He actually did have something to be worried about. Uh, so then as like time goes on, like I, I stayed in touch with Rick good amount of time. And then uh, it's like the following summer, I would say, uh, that's when I think Rick and I first started like meeting up to like really go shopping and like just hang out. Um like when we had our summer breaks kind of thing. Cause he like, he lived actually near Maple, like in That's Maple kind of thing. Yeah. How far out of the closet were you at this point? Cause if like, if he I was, was like a baby gay and there was like. So that's the thing. So he was, he was, uh, yeah, he was the same age as me. So he was in the closet still. He was living at home. I was fully out. Yeah. Um, I was fully out and, uh, uh, my friend was out as well to his family, uh, but Rick wasn't. And Rick was very, that's, that was one of the reasons why Rick didn't come downtown a lot because yeah. he had to come up with all these excuses kind of thing. So, uh, so then getting close to, I think it was my, it was maybe August the following year or September. That's when we started hanging out more. And then around my birthday, uh, my 19th birthday, Rick was like, oh, I'm, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come and I have, uh, I have a birthday gift for you. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then he came over, like we had dinner, we had like wine and we were just like chatting, shooting the shit. And then he gave me this really thoughtful birthday gift and it was very curated. So like, each little, like, it was like a, it was a Wonder Woman lunchbox. And yeah, it was a, this wonderful Wonder Woman lunchbox because he knows I love camp and like all that nostalgia shit. And each little thing inside had like a note and a meaning, uh, like a meaning behind it and why he picked it for me and what it represented. And I was just like, this is a really thought out gift. So then I was just like, I think this guy's like kind of in love with me. I'd, I'd like, I didn't want to sound cocky, but I was just like, I'm pretty sure like Rick's feeling a certain way. And then uh, I opened the gift and then we started and I was like, thank you so much. And I gave him this hug and then the hug just lingered and the hug kind of stayed there and then turned into some hand action and then lips got involved. And yeah, so that was how I, yeah, that's how we started the night. And then we went to church street and then we were at a bar 
And um, we both had the discussion too. Like, I was like, I'm going to have to tell what's his face, like that we're dating now. And he was like, well, he's like, I made my intentions with him very clear. I told him we were just friends. So he's like, this shouldn't be an issue. And I was like, well, he's probably going to have an issue. (laughs) And, um, and then, so we're out. And then one of my friends, friends who I also knew was out and he saw the two of us together. And I was like, oh shit. So I was just like, Hey, how's it going? And blah, blah, blah. Just like trying to divert all attention to it. And he's like, good, 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 blah, blah, blah. And then he went his way. We went ours. And then the next day, I just like, beep, 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 beep. Like just MSN messages, one after the other. You fucking bitch. How could you? Blah, blah, blah. Like all this stuff. He requested that me and Rick sit down and have a webcam chat with him about this which involved him just bawling his eyes out the entire time and saying how betrayed he felt. Uh, yeah. So like any close friends we had, like that we shared, he pretty much had them turn on me that I was like Judas kind of thing. It is what it is. I didn't care. I was like, I met someone I'm, I'm in love with. So it is like what I it is. See where this is going. And I'm immediately terrified. <laughs> I don't know if you, you know where this is going. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, we started dating and then, because uh, my birthday is October 28th. So then a few days later, it's Halloween. Yeah. And at the time I was working at um, 103.9 Proud FM. I was mm-hmm. like an intern, copywriter kind of thing. I was like helping with some of the radio shows. And I was uh, good acquaintances with one of the on-air hosts who was hosting the Halloween costume contest that year on the street. And they said to me, Oh, you should enter. And I was like, what if I come dressed as you? And I was like, Oh, like, cause like they were this like well-known lesbian. Um, I don't know, you know, Deb Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I was oh, like, okay. Deb, I was like, I'll co- I'll dress as you and then I'll come on stage while you're hosting. And then like, like just like a drag version of you kind of thing. So that was, that's how it started. And then, so you started that, at 19? Yeah, it was shortly after my uh, my 19th birthday. Oh my god. I've been to yeah. Um, so then uh so then uh, I think after that it then turned into oh I'm gonna do Marilyn Monroe because a drag queen I knew at the time and was friends with at the time, they said they're like, no, like why is your first time in drag gonna be dressed as a lesbian? Like, what are you thinking? They're like, no, like think of something else, like what like when you think of your drag idol or like someone who inspires you, what do you think of? So I was like, Marilyn Monroe, like Mm -hmm. who doesn't love a good tragic figure? Every, every queer knows that has relation to that. So I decided to make a joke and I went as the seven year itch and I wore a white dress with um, a giant Merkin bush underneath that had crabs on it. Uh, Yeah. That's as one does. Um, so Rick was like, oh, I'll go as Joe DiMaggio. And that was like going to be our like first time doing a couple's costume. Cute. So, um, your first time doing a couple's costume was four days after you got together. Yeah. But we had been friends for a time. So like, it was pretty natural. I understand the logic, (laughs) but you also hear how unhinged that is, right? What, doing a couple's costume four days later? What are you talking about? It was his idea. <laughs> I was together with my ex for like a year and a half before we did a couple's costume. And even then it was like garbage. Well, like I had said though, Rick and I were friends for some time before. So it, it just kind of like, it was like a natural progression into a relationship. Anyways. Okay. okay so, yeah. um, so then uh, Rick shows up, but he's not dressed like Joe DiMaggio. Like he had said, he's, in a cop's outfit. And he's just like, first of all, a cab. And I was like, Oh, I thought you were, he's like, well, we'll say I'm your like bodyguard or something. And I was just like, I'm like, I could, I could handle someone myself. Like no one's going to believe that you are going to like protect me. Like, sorry. <laughs> um, also, so yeah. Just say really quickly off topic, excellent costume choices, because like, if you're together, people are like, Oh yeah, Marilyn and Joe. But if you're apart, people will be like, Oh, Marilyn. And who are you? Yeah. 
are you working security? What are you doing here? Like, yeah. Um, so he goes as that. And then I go and do the costume contest. I flash my bush to like 1500 people on church street. Don't win the costume contest, but I win a lot of glaring looks. And at the end of the day, that's all I really wanted. Uh, so after that, like Rick has to get home to Woodbridge, um, by a certain time. So we part ways and, uh, yes, Woodbridge gay. That's what he was. Woodbridge Italian gay. Like a derisively said Woodbridge, Ontario. That's like Hamilton Woodbridge. Those are the two spots and Stony Creek. That's where you can find the most Italians in this province. Let's be real. So, um, we go our separate ways and then, um, I get out of drag, yada, yada, yada. We start going on more dates, like hanging out. Um, he meets my family. Like he, he goes home to Hamilton with me. Um, obviously I can't meet his family cause he's still in the closet. My family loves him, and it just, it gets really couply, really mm-hmm. cuff season real fast. And, um, and then I think it's around, it's it's a little late in it's either late November or early December that I started thinking, Oh, maybe like, maybe I want to try drag again. Maybe I want to like play around with it a bit more. Cause I had fun on Halloween. Yeah. So then, um, uh, that friend, they, they're like, Oh, do you want to be back up in one of my numbers? And I was like, okay. So then I go and I have to buy a new wig and then I'm like, Oh, I'm going to get a dress and going to get some new makeup. And Rick comes over one night to like have dinner and he sees this and he's like, Oh, he's like, what's, what's, what's all this? And I was just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do like backup for my friend's number. I was like, it's going to be fun. Just something stupid, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Oh, okay. He's like, is this going to be like an ongoing thing? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. I'm like, I'm just going to do it and see what happens. I was like, I had fun Halloween. I was like, and it was like, Fun getting to be kind of creative and stupid and silly and get people laughing. So it was like, I kind of liked it. And then he's like, kind of like, oh, oh, okay. And then like, we brush over it. And then as time goes on, um, we're getting closer. But then there's also this weird, there's this weird disconnect anytime I mention drag. Or mention that I'm going to go watch a drag show. Or that I'm going to go perform at like my friend's show kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so then a few months later, it's, we're out to dinner and I was just like, Oh, your birthday's next week. Like, like make sure you have the day off. Uh, you're not doing going to school. Like I got this huge day planned. So I planned this day, got him a bunch of stuff. And I have a lunchbox filled with knickknacks. No, like I dropped, I dropped some good money on like a new, whole new wardrobe for him. Cause I was just like, eh, we, we could do, we could, we could improve the look, you know? Yeah. So I like shower him with gifts, take him to dinner. And he's like, this has been the best birthday, yada, yada, yada. And then not even, I think maybe three days later, I'm in, I'm in class at, at uh, X university and um, it's my last class of the day. And I get a text and this was the thing too. So Rick, uh, I was working at a magazine at the time and I got Rick an internship there so that he could like start writing more too. So he was also working, um, where I was working as well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I had become like a columnist by then. He, so he was an intern and, uh, I got a text and he's like, Hey, can, uh, can, can you meet me for bubble tea? At, like our place on young. And I was like, yeah, because I figured, okay, he was at the offices at the magazine. So I was like, cool, we'll have a like, nice little afternoon. So then um, I get there and then I go to kiss him and he kind of turns his head. And I was like, oh. And I was um, like, okay. First of all, my, my thought was like, oh, okay, maybe PDA because he's in the closet still. He was like, like, no, 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 not here. So like, I didn't think too much of it. And then we're sitting there and then he pulls out this letter that he's handwritten and I'm like, what, what's going on? So then he, he starts I'm reading. Sorry, I'm like having a moment. <laughs> Cause like that I'm obsessed. I would love to get like broken up with by a handwritten letter. In a bubble tea shop. A- Before I could even order. 
I didn't even get my tapioca balls. I'm pissed. Oh Anyways, so he pulls out this letter and says, when I first met you, I really saw this future for us. And because um, like there were times where he was just like, like, he's like, it's you and me, babe. Like we're going to like, don't, we're going to rule and blah, blah, blah. And it was very much like, oh, this is, this is it. This is, this is the one. Um, and, and like, obviously looking back, I'm like, we were fucking 19. What the hell were we fucking thinking? You know, like, oh yeah, 19, you meet your soulmate. Yeah, sure. Maybe there are high school sweethearts, but it doesn't always happen. So, and then he's like, but, um, as time has gone on and I see you, um, uh, <laughs> you venturing into this drag thing more, uh, I, I'm not, I'm not recognizing the person I fell in love with pretty much. And I really, I stopped him. And I was just like, are you breaking up with me? Is this, is this what this is? And he said, well, yes. And I said, thank you so much. I was like, enjoy the rest of your day. And I just like left. And I just like, I'm walking down young street, fucking tears going down my face. Um, I had to go to the magazine cause I had to pick up a check anyways. So I walk in and <laughs> I was just like, I was just like, uh, make sure that he's not around me anytime here. And they're like, oh, he literally came here two hours ago and, and resigned. And I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, he, he like resigned two hours ago. He didn't want to be an intern here anymore. And I was like, oh, so he went and did that, then came to like dump me. So it was like, he broke off that connection, then came and broke this connection. Um, Cause like, okay, wait, you're a Scorpio. What was he? He was a Capricorn. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes so, sense. But like Capricorn is like my third best match. Honestly, like apparently here, it's the elements of this story are horrifying, but I'm also like, I would do all of those. It's like, like yeah. Earth yeah. So just met, met the methodicalness. Yeah. It was very calculated. Everything he did. Calculated. That's it. Yeah. So, um, so, so yeah, so then, uh, so then he decides to type out the rest of the letter and send it to me. Cause he's like, well, since you didn't want to listen to it, this is what I had to say. And then he said, I think he sent it to me through an email because it was, it was very long. And I remember reading that and then deleting it. And I kind of wish I had kept it because I was just like, oh, like that would be fun to look back on and just be like, this, I was like, it's like that, like villain origin story. It's like, this is yeah. where it happened. You know, <laughs> like this is where everything went wrong. This was my Joker moment, you know, <laughs> where it's just like shits hit the fan. I'm like, I'm not the person I was before this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so then he sends that and then like, I break off all contact and then that friend who like blocked me and everything suddenly unblocked me because he had heard that we were no longer together. And he was like, I told you that was the first thing he sent to me. <laughs> Not, Oh, I'm sorry. It was, I told you it wasn't going to last. And I was like, thank you so much for that support <laughs> during this very difficult time. Um, I think what, I think what bothers me the most about that relationship is, um, like, I'm going to say, I think it was like nine months after that, my dad passed from cancer. So Rick was the first guy that I dated that I actually brought home to yeah. me. Like I, I had two like people I saw and dated, um, before Rick, but, um, he was the first one I actually felt comfortable enough to bring home and actually introduce my family. And my dad loved him. So I was just like, Oh, that's, it's shitty that that's the one guy my dad got to meet. <laughs> the one that fucking destroyed me the most is the one that is the only one my dad got the chance to meet kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, so then I break off all contact with him. And then it was, I, it, I was actually after it was like maybe two days after my dad passed, he reached out and he's like, Hey, so I heard about your dad. He's like, and he sent this really nice message. But at the same time, I'm also like, fuck you. You're like, fuck you. Don't like come trying to be nice to me after what you just put me through and the emotional 
baggage you've left me with now kind of thing. Yep. And then, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to say, because my dad passed early October. It was like around Thanksgiving. And I'm going to say close to Christmas, Rick reached out again that same year. And um, I wished him like happy holidays. He did the same. And then he's like, are you still doing the drag thing? And I was like, yeah, I'm like, and I'm probably going to get a new weekly show. Like I just did a contest that I did pretty well in blah, blah, blah. He's like, Oh, he's like, cause you know, like that was, that was the main issue. You know, like if you just, if you gave it up, like there wouldn't be a really an issue. And I'm like, so you're going to stop me from a creative outlet that I enjoy just to be with you. Like, what does like, that mean? Like what? I, I never when I don't agree or believe not that we like condone projecting on this podcast, but I don't believe that was like the main, like, I don't believe there was a main issue. Cause like, if this is a, I, you wouldn't sort of I think it was, yeah, I think it was a lot of internalized homophobia. Yeah. And I thought it was him seeing me be as gay as possible and very out there. And mm-hmm. it was like, Oh, what if I get exposed being around them because they're so out there, yeah. you know? And then it was also, I think, um, I, I do think, I mean, at the time though, like, like a lot of drag queens now they're, I don't think they realize what Queens of my generation went through like myself, Ivory, Divine, Carlotta, like mm-hmm. those queens, we came up together and we all went through some really shitty experiences with guys who, yeah, oh, like I can't date it. I can't date a drag. Pre like the whole like, this yeah, is before, actually something. Yeah. Yeah. Before people were like, oh, I can, you can get some fame from this before exactly. when it was just like that, like bar afterthought, people yeah. just didn't really consider us an option for dating. So when you would say, say to someone, oh, I'm a drag queen, they immediately were like, oh, drug addict, alcoholic, you have, you, you want to be a woman. Like those were things that we actually went through. Yeah. And like, those are, those are things I've had people say to me. Like I've had dates where people are like, oh, so are you like, are you going to get boobs or something? And I was like, what? When, when did this have to do with anything? So, um, so I think there was some of that too, where he. Like everyone loves a drag queen. No one wants to love a drag queen. Yeah. And I think that was the, I think that was one thing too, where he was also very much like, he liked Mateo, the masculine Mateo. So seeing me be effeminate or embracing my feminine side he just was like i I, i'm not attracted to this and i I don't like this so i think it was a i think it was a big combination of all that stuff kind of thing but yeah that's that's probably my toughest break it wasn't my first breakup i was broken up with before and i jumped someone before like i said i had two things before him but that is the the one breakup that to this day still kind of has that little like where I think about it and like it twists my heart a bit where I'm like oh you know and I had a dream about him like maybe three years after the breakup and in the dream he was married to a woman and I showed up to the house because he he was like oh let's meet up like and I I thought oh okay like we're gonna have a drink or something and he said oh come to my house and I got to the door and he was there with a wife and a kid and I was like you're gay. What are you doing? Like you, you internalized homophobic bitch. Like, like I was just like, I lost my shit in this dream because I was just like, you are so in the closet, like embrace who you are, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. I don't know what it is about like your abilities as a storyteller, but every element of this story that you've told has played out in my mind, like a music video. (laughs) It was the exception of the bubble tea, which I'm like, drag and my relationship is very much like a parody of a drag race acting challenge <laughs> pretty much yeah it's like <laughs> love or tapioca balls you ch- you choose <laughs> <laughs> um he had big balls actually speaking about balls he had massive balls italians what are you gonna do yeah or i he, don't have a friend this was and this was statement. i was gonna say i'm like it, I, it was not Nicki minaj's uh, cousin <laughs> jesus Life is a nightmare. <laughs> but yeah, so that that's that's my breakup story. Okay. Being jumped. I have so many, so many things. Um I've been taking notes this whole time, by the way. Oh, that's I know. I, 
you, you call this a podcast. I call it a therapy session. Like <laughs> I do too, just not publicly because I am not a therapist. I <laughs> just played one on TV. Um, so does Dr. Phil. It's fine. <laughs> He's got a degree in beef. Sorry, what? Oh, like, Doc- okay. Agriculture. That's his like doctor's degree is because like Oprah got mad a few years ago about beef and that's how he came to be her like doctor about it or scientist or I don't know, some bullshit. And then he brought the beef to daytime television. Apparently. Um, what? Okay. So how do I phrase this question? Um, what's wrong with me? A lot. (laughs) Yes, actually. Um, (laughs) Although we are at a time. No. Um, what about this other than like, you know, like, the coinciding with your dad's death or like the drag queen aspect of it. What about that is what destroyed you the most? Do you think? Uh, so, um, so my dad, I, we didn't find out my dad's cancer diagnosis until it was literally three days after Rick dumped me. So it was like, it was, yeah, that it was, that was a tough little period. Like I literally just went through that. And then my mom was like, uh, dad's got to talk to you. And like, I got on the phone with him. He's like, so they, they found something and I'm going to have a surgery. Um, mm-hmm. like he had a tumor the size of a grapefruit pretty much. And, um, he had surgery, um, and he came out of the surgery and everything was fine. And then they thought the cancer went away. And then all of a sudden a month later, it was like, Oh, it's, it's, it's grown and it's getting bigger again. So yeah. it was a very, it was a very difficult time. Um, and, uh, I think, I think both things at the time really destroyed me. Cause it was like, it was a wham, bam situation. It was two things at once. And it's like, I got hit on one cheek and then I got hit on the other one. Yeah. So I, yeah. To answer your question. <laughs> no, big week. So then how do you, uh, how do you get through that? Like that's fucked. Uh, well, that, I can that use was a medical term that that's fucked. Well, unfortunately, that's where I, I turned to some unhealthy coping mechanisms. Um, I was drinking a lot. I was staying out very late. Like, I was also a server at the time, so I was very much embedded in that lifestyle. Yeah. So there was, like, there was marijuana to ease the pain. There was always vodka to ease the pain. There were other substances. There were cigarettes to, like, calm me down when I was feeling anxious and... Like when I, like I've been smoke free now a year, almost a year and a half. And I literally started smoking shortly after this breakup and my dad's diagnosis. And like, yeah, that's stupid. Like your dad's dying of cancer and you start smoking. Like, what are you, an idiot? But it was just something that it was like my little moment to myself to relax. And I, I, with quitting smoking now, I realized, oh, that's all smoking ever was to me. It wasn't like, oh, I'm a, I was addicted to nicotine, but it's not that I enjoyed the taste. It's not that I enjoyed the action. It was that it was just that little moment of peace for me where I don't have to deal with anyone else's shit. And as soon as I got over that mental aspect of smoking, I was able to kind of exit from my life. But those were, those were the main things I did to deal. It was not healthy at all. I was, Oh, I was also way overeating like I literally, I, I do think I emotionally ate very much. And I think that's where, cause when I was with, um, when I was with Rick, I almost said his real name. When I was with Rick, I, um, I was, I think 150 pounds. And then I went up to, I think 170 in a short amount of time. And then, uh, and then my weight just became a constant struggle for me. Cause like I was very big in high school, but then after coming out, I like dropped a bunch of weight. I was working out. Yeah was also very anorexic at the time. I was not, that wasn't healthy either. But, um, I, uh, I, I did a lot of those coping mechanisms and they were, they were not good. They were not good. <laughs> it's not. And like, <laughs> I've been watching a lot of, I rewatched all of season 11 recently, just cause like post all-star six, I was like, Oh, I wonder what it's like knowing what I know now. Season 11 is a fantastic season of drag race. But now I like start every sentence the way, like, RuPaul does being like your inner saboteur. It's not like you know you you do these coping mechanisms. I don't know if it was the same for you, 
it was like I was aware of what I do is actively damaging to myself, but there was like a little bit of like re-seizing control in that moment. Like when I like go through a breakup and I like have a cigarette, I'm like, I know this is bad for me, but like, this is something that like, I'm still doing on my own. I don't care what the rules are. Like I can have this like small element of control in my life, even though it's not that at all. That's just kind of like the way I, I think it was for me, it was just like, Oh, this is a little gratifying. It was like that little moment of like gratification. It didn't last very long, Mm -hmm. but like when you, when you sober up, you feel like crap. But in that moment, you're like, Woo, I'm a living life. I'm having the best time. Everything's fantastic. I'm invincible. And you just have this like restored feeling of, oh, I can do anything I want. And then you wake yeah. up the next day and you're like, oh, that, that's, that's completely bullshit. I feel like crap. Like This is not a good feeling at all. Mornings are the worst parts of breakup. Like at night, do whatever the fuck you want. But like having to like wake up well, by I, yourself the next day and being like, oh, there's a whole day now. Yeah. That's like the worst part of it. And like, well, at nighttime too, there's also the chance to find someone to help fill the void. Yeah. Or fill their void, either. I never your position. Do that. And... <laughs> Low hanging <Yeah>. fruit. <laughs> <laughs> I had to reach for it. I'm short. I'm Italian. <laughs> Want to keep going? This is great. <laughs> Where is this energy when we're supposed to improvise a theme song? Oh, I don't know. My Red Bull just kicked in, maybe. I did drag last night. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> All right. Fair, fair. Um, I have a question. Yes. I have a million questions, actually. Um, so a lot of times when I have, like, queer people on this podcast, the podcast is, like, uh, what was your worst breakup? And a lot of times people talk about, like, breakups from, like, their youth, from, like, their, like, teenage years or, like, their, like, early 20s. Um, and it's like more often than not, it's like maybe like a five or six month thing. And it was like, you know, like passion and all that. But like, there are people who like, like their life, it was like 10, 15 years ago in their lives. Why do you think queer people, I'm not saying this is like across the board, I'm just saying in my experience, why do you think uh, queer people define like their early stage relationships as like the worst ones? Um, I think it's because uh, a lot of times with those first relationships, we're still, getting to know ourselves as queer people because we spend so much time in a closet where we, we, we don't really get the chance to explore. We feel boxed in. So we don't get to connect with our gender identities our sexual identities. And we don't have that opportunity to really feel it out without getting judged. Mm-hmm. So when we finally do like in high school, for instance, like people in high school now, like there are so many same sex relationships or so many like gender identities that are being acknowledged and accepted. And like, there's, um, programs to like support them. Uh, my generation, we didn't have that. So like I was in that closet, I was fucking eating so that if people were like, Oh, why doesn't he have a girlfriend? It's like, Oh, look at me. I'm gross. Oh. Like that was my mindset when I was like, eating too like i was like i was like 240 250 in high school and i was just like oh like if i'm big no one's gonna like no one's gonna question me but then at the same time i was also eating to fill a void that's so interesting yeah It it was a fucked up mindset to have trust me i completely know that but um the 90s baby wait yeah yeah. Be- yeah because at the time i was like i mean i had people bully me all through elementary school like oh you're fat you're ugly so then i was just like oh okay well if i keep that up <laughs> no one's gonna like wonder why like i'm not dating a girl because all of a sudden all these guys in my grade were like like going on dates with these girls or going to the movies and i was always like that like one out and i was just like well i'm kind of fine being that one out because I got no fucking interest <laughs> in these ladies. Sorry. You know? Yeah. So it was kind of like my disguise, if you will, where I was like, Oh, and then it was once I moved to Toronto and like, I got to kind of explore myself. That's where I was just like, Oh, I don't need to like eat to fill a void. I don't need to like put that mask on, like all that shit. You know, like I was just like, oh, I should just be myself. If I, if I'm 200 pounds, great. If I'm 150 pounds, great. It's like whatever, 
it, it's when I dealt with emotional stuff. That's when I started noticing a change in my body and that I was really, really taking care of myself. I was also like having difficulty breathing. So it was like, I need to maybe start dropping some weight, you know? <laughs> but, yeah. um, I, I think we, we always go back to that kind of like, and the, he wasn't my first relationship, but it was my first real love. And I think that's maybe why a lot of queer people do that because we don't have that experience in high school. A lot of times we don't have yeah. that high school sweetheart. So what, like our early twenties, a lot of times it's like our teen years when you're a queer person. It's like you know? that, like, uh, like, dare I say it, learning to ride a bike. Like, <laughs> you don't get to have those like falls earlier on that like teach you that like how to fall. So yeah. And like, and when you're a queer person, you don't start riding a bike, you start on a motorcycle. This is a mixed <laughs> metaphor, but you know what I mean? Yes. I, yeah. Okay. Or a unicycle. <laughs> or, a unic- or a tricycle. <laughs> One of those tandem bikes. God, queer sex is disgusting. Um, <laughs> Okay, this is a, a, a question that I wrote down like much earlier in the story. And okay. I didn't know where to slot it in, but I am desperate to know what ride of Canada's Wonderland describes your sex life. Oh, the Ghostbuster. No, the, the ghost coaster. coaster. Yeah. Because I'm coasting through life with a lot of people ghosting me. <laughs> I've been ghosted so many times, and then I see them in the weirdest places and it's called a haunting and it's it's really it's really unfortunate because i'm just reminded like oh yeah you were in my life for a sec and then you just dropped me (laughs) yeah for no reason (laughs) oh that happens like pre-covid like uh like every year at halloween without fail i'd like show up at woody's and like Phil would pop up and be like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, I thought you died. So you're being way too casual about this. Yeah. How dare you approach me? <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would say that would be, that's the ride that best describes me. What about you? Mm. The teacups. Cause you're spilling tea every second. <laughs> Absolutely. And then you throw up. <laughs> I was going to say shockwave, but. Oh, Okay. Or cliff, cliffhanger, cliffhanger. It's cliff. There you go. That's the one. I have a friend. Um, I would say that. I have a friend. I would say theirs is like Tomb Raider. I was gonna say like Leviathan. Because they always go for the old people. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and it gives you back problems. <laughs> um. All right. So this is a. If you can like reach back into your memory for this one, uh, did you have a breakup anthem and what was it? Mm, I did. I did. Ugh, so cheesy too. Uh, time After Time by Cindy Lauper. Obsessed. Yeah, it was that one. Why? Because, um, because like the that night, like we did kind of like as we were making out and stuff, and like we'd slow dance, and that song came on. I think we were, I think we were in Buddies or something. I can't remember, but like it was near the end of the night, and that song came on. One of our first. Um, nights together and I just remember I just remember it and then when everything happened and I was listening to the words of the song and I was like oh this is like a breakup this isn't like a happy like, mm-hmm. like ooh like I always thought it like Romy Michelle because it's one of my favorite movies like I would just always think of the dance and then as I was listening to the song while I'm going through all these emotions I was just like you said go slow oh you did oh, I couldn't keep up oh. like that's where you go with your mind as you're listening to these lyrics you're like oh this relates to me Oh, classic. Okay, and now I'm desperate to know what was the drag performance that that song inspired? The what? what? The drag performance that that song inspired. Did you ever do a time after time? Yeah, well, I mean, I've done that Romeo and Michelle dance with Mm -hmm. another drag queen and another dancer. Um, We did the full, we did a full Romeo and Michelle thing. So, um, So I guess that song ended up turning into a positive because... I love doing that number and it was one of probably my favorite performances I've ever done. Um, so yeah, I guess I flipped that, that song around. Yeah. Fuck you, Rick. <laughs> what we love on this podcast redemption for ourselves. And for fake it. names for legal reasons. <laughs> it's honest to God. I like my favorite fucking thing is like 
40 minutes in and the guest like says the real name and then goes, I, 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 I. <laughs> beep it, beep it. <laughs> I always take it out. I'm like a very respectful host, I think. That's good. I appreciate that. <laughs> and you didn't say it, so that's good. Um, I think we're just about done. This has been so much fun. Thank oh my you god, you don't have this. any more questions about my trauma? <laughs> you want to offer some more? Uh, I'm prompting. You know what? We're going to have like open mic time. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, I would need a prompt. But like, I'm just like, what else can I unpack from this? That's what I'm thinking right now. I guess I would say, I'll end on this note with it. Um, if there are any young queers out there, 19, listening to this, and you think you've met someone... Um, chances are you haven't, uh, so be prepared. (laughs) And also if you are 19 and you get dumped, it is not the end of the world. And you're going to learn that as you get older. And that's coming from someone who thought their world was crumbling around them at 19. Who's now going to be 34 next month. Who's kind of like, eh, if love happens, it happens. Learn to love yourself before you learn to love someone else. Yes. Not to go all RuPaul, but... Uh, it's okay. I'm doing that all season. I don't even know how this podcast release schedule works. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Thank you for Jimmy, having me. you want to plug before we go? Oh, um, you can uh, follow my YouTube channel, uh, The Visa Decline. You can follow me on Instagram, at The Visa Decline. Same with Twitter. And yeah, just... Check me out. Follow me because that's the only way I'm going to get on Drag Race, apparently, is if you have lots and lots of followers. All right. This has been Shredded, the post-breakup podcast. I've been Brendan D'Souza. This has been Visa Decline, and we are breaking up with you. Peace. Hey, yo, Heartbreakers. Thank you once again for listening to this episode of Shredded, the post-breakup podcast. Make sure you follow Visa everywhere at the Visa Decline YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Um, She's got some great content, some great series you definitely want to check out. Also, make sure to follow her so you can find out where she's doing shit live. We do that now. Uh, I really hope you voted today. Um, Thank you. Take care. Uh... Ride on, I don't know. Okay, this is...